Hi, this is Damien Christoph from 100 Not Out and The Wellness Guys. Become a change maker in the health industry today. All you need to do is enroll for the functional nutrition course and become an internationally recognized expert on the vitalistic philosophy of food and nutrition with our friends at the Functional Nutrition Academy. Register now and receive a six-week bonus accreditation course providing you with the business tools to start and grow your own business and a whopping $1,000 discount. So don't delay and start your health career today at www.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash functional. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm rejoined by one of our favorites, Leah Williamson. Now, well, Leah has been on the show before, but only fleetingly. She was one of many on a massive uh, group podcast that we did, which was kind of chaos, but it was good fun. Um, but she's uh, I originally came across Leah uh, through Brisbane Paleo Group. Um, she led an amazing group up there, but she's a natural uh, therapy practitioner. She's now the co-host of the Low Carb Conversations podcast, which we spoke about only a few weeks ago, um, originally originated by the amazing Jimmy Moore. Um, but through her life, she struggled with weight and health issues, digestive issues, extreme fatigue and fluctuating moods. She was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, an autoimmune condition, um, but then still couldn't get the results she was after. She'd gained significant weight after the birth of her son, and that's when she discovered paleo. She lost 30 kilos and never felt better. She went on to launch Brisbane Paleo, which we'll talk about. Um, And then now, as I said, she's gone on to be a natural therapy practitioner and co-host of that amazing podcast show. So welcome to the show, Leah Williamson. Thanks, Brett. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Leah. It's been so much fun following your journey. You've really just been going ahead in leaps and bounds and having such a massive influence up there in Brisbane, first of all, but now all over the world, which is kind of amazing. You've hit the big time and gone international. So, well done, Leah. Oh, thank you. It's like a dream, really. It's very, Never expected it to go like this. <laughs> it's very, very cool. So, tell us a little about your story and your journey. Tell us about those health issues you had right back at the start. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like all my life, I was a bit of a chubby kid. I didn't really get into exercise or anything like that. And I had digestive issues and fatigue issues from a very early age. And I think that's a lot of reasons why I didn't really get into sport and the, all the things like that. I would was much more comfortable kind of just sitting around reading a uh, book. And over the years, it just kind of uh, grew and grew. And my digestive issues became worse uh, to the point where, you know, it was kind of like some days I couldn't leave the house. I had irritable bowel so badly and some days I just couldn't get out of bed. I was so tired. And in all amongst that all the time, I was cranky. I was always really irritable all the time. And I was, yeah, just, uh, just, I never really felt like that was me because I've always got a really such a happy disposition most of the time. But then I'd have these different kind of moods and, and digestive issues and stuff that I just couldn't explain. And so I never really made the connection between food in any of this. I just kind of kept on going with my life. I 
you know, did the usual, I grew up on the Gold Coast, so I did the usual nightclubbing thing when I hit my teens and, you know, late night Macca's runs and stuff like that, which was really not helping my situation whatsoever. And then I just kind of put on more and more weight and became more and more tired. And I met my husband and, you know, he used to say to me, what's wrong with you? you like, don't want to get out of bed in the morning. Do you hate your job that much? Like, I just really felt like I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't explain it to him. It wasn't that I didn't want to get up out of bed. It's just that I physically couldn't get out of bed. And over the years, I tried all different diets. Like I always say, just ask me, I've pretty much tried a diet, um, but it was always like one of those low fat diets and I'd have some success on it because I'd pretty much cleaned up the rubbish and junk food that I was eating. But then I would, you know, swing back into things and then I'd end up putting all the weight back up on and more. So I was kind of on this roller coaster ride of different diets and uh, different uh, ways of eating and things like that. But it was never uh, nutritionally good food, which I still didn't make that connection. And then I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's in my early 20s. And I thought, wow, oh, well, that explains so much of what's been happening with me. And so I went, this is going to be fantastic. I'm going to take the tablet and the weight's going to come off me. I'm going to feel fantastic. I'm going to have all this life back again. But, you know, <laughs> as you know, that wasn't the case. And so it still continued on. So l l at least with the medication, um, I was able to kind of stabilize my moods and I wasn't cranky anymore. And I was able to, you know, get back up out of bed on certain days and stuff like that. So it wasn't you know, a great loss taking it, but it wasn't, still wasn't the solution. And then I had my first child and I'd reached like my all-time max weight and I just had this little baby and, you know, active boy and I just thought I don't want to be so inactive that I can't enjoy spending time with this child. I don't want to be, you know, like so tired that I can't enjoy this, this moments. And so at the time, this is, you know, quite a few years ago, CrossFit was this really big thing that was coming in. And I was like, right, I'm going to go to CrossFit and I'm going to out exercise all these problems that I had. And when I got there, they had an amazing community and they were kind of like, hang on, you know, exercise is a big deal, but you know, diet's also part of it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I've tried dieting before and they're like well try this paleo diet or it's a you know they did a modified version of it and um they, they put me onto all these books like rob wolf i was like wow this is like a caveman diet and all these wolves and things like that i just had no idea um but i you know i read it and i looked at it and made sense and i thought well it's you know it's a four-week challenge i'll give it a go and i gave it a go and within like a couple of weeks i just started feeling so fantastic i was just like whoa like i've taken all the gluten out of my diet and all the gluten free because i'd always knew i had a bit of an issue with gluten but i'd been just switched it over for all the kind of junk food gluten free type things not not really you know paying attention to that and so yeah, I just cleared up a whole lot of digestive issues just in the first couple of weeks. And I thought, this is pretty cool. So I went home to my husband and he's very supportive with everything that I've always done. And I said, hey, we're going to try this paleo diet. And he's like, oh, great, you know, another diet, come on, you know. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> he sucked it up and he was like, okay, I'll give it a go as well. And he was interested in CrossFit at the time too. So he started doing it. Now he's like, you know, tall and thin, never had a weight issue in his entire life. And he's always eaten pretty well. And 
uh, he tried it and he just all of a sudden had this, you know, amazing, amazing surge of energy. And so he was kind of like, yeah, this is really cool. And that's when we started looking into it more and we went, yeah, this is really makes sense. And this is a really great way to live our lives. Look at all this amazing, beautiful food we're eating. And I went on to lose 30 kilos after that. And, you know, just felt fantastic, so much energy and cleared up all those digestive issues. So I was so passionate about it. I wanted to share it with the world. And Jimmy Moore, my my bud Jimmy Moore came over to Australia for the very first times I hadn't met him then. And I was in the audience at a low carb down under event. And he was telling the audience how, you know, because back in that time, you know, we hadn't even heard of Pete Evans at that stage. So nobody had kind of really, it hadn't really, you know, became a big thing in Australia. And so I was like in the audience listening to Jimmy Moore. I'm like, this is so cool. This, you know, all these people talking my thing. And he said, if you were passionate about it, you need to start a blog and you need to get out there and you need to form the community. And we need to tell the world this is, you know, this is the way to eat. And I thought I've had this amazing experience. I've got an important message to tell the world and I'm, I'm going to do that. So I started my blog, which was Brisbane Paleo Family. And it was just, you know, showing busy parents and people like me that if you can, you know, if you can just change a few things in your diet and eat this way, you can have more energy and feel great. And, you know, just just simple ways of breaking down what always seems to be complicated about diets and making it a, a proper lifestyle and how you can implement that with your family. So then we started the Brisbane Paleo Group as well. And we had a meeting with like 10 people our very first one, and we went around the table and people were just sharing their stories about the success they'd had, you know, from weight loss through to digestive issues through to one lady I met had fibromyalgia and she was destined for a wheelchair for the rest of her life and how just by changing her diet she was up out of that wheelchair and she was living her life and that always gives me goosebumps. I just think when I remember that moment, I just went, yes, this is the message that we need to get out there. There's a better way of living and we shouldn't accept that we, you know, you know, take our health for granted. You know, we shouldn't be feeling tired and run down and all these things that we experience. We should be living life and feeling fantastic. And there's a few easy things we can do to address that. So let's get out there and tell the world. And so now the Brisbane Paleo Group has over a thousand members. We run regular events. We're a huge community. You know, we've got a movie night coming up with Pete Evans' new film. We've got dinner nights. We, I just love it. It's like the most rewarding experience seeing all these people who just love eating real food and, you know, had great success with it. And so because of that passion on top of that, it's just like one passion on top of another, I discovered the Nutritional Therapy Practitioner Program. And I studied and became a nutritional therapy practitioner. And I can now help people restore balance back into their body through detecting which nutrients they're lacking and helping get that back into their diet through a bio-individual approach. So paleo was definitely the the starting point for me, but I think there's so much more to it. It's all about the bio-individual and how you've been made up. And yeah, so that brings us kind of to today, <laughs> my big long story of how I got there. But, um, but through my friendship with Jimmy Moore and um, meeting him and I've uh, helped with Low Carb Down Under and run events with them in our area, I got to hang out with him quite a fair bit. And he's just the most awesome guy. He's so great. And when he put a call out to see if it, that he could no longer do the Low Carb Conversations podcast, 
I was like nervous and scared and I thought, I can do this, you know. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm just going to do it. I don't know anything about podcasting. I sat in a couple of, you know, information sessions about how to set up a podcast, but then I'd never really done anything with it. And it was actually um, Emma and Carla from the Merrymaker Sisters. I was talking to them. I'm going, oh, yeah, I'm going to start a podcast. And they're like, yeah, same. And they did. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to. And then I didn't do anything about it. And <laughs> when Jimmy said that um, he was looking for the co-host, I went, okay, I'll just put it out there. I want to yeah. do this. And then he selected me and I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is so amazing. And I was like back on the phone to Carla. I was like, see, I told you I'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's a massive show. I mean, I'm not sure what the audience is, but the, the podcasts in America are massive. And Jimmy's one of the originals. He's been around for ages. So, now the audience there that you're speaking to now globally is absolutely huge. I can't believe it. Like I got our statistics last month because uh, we've kind of been in denial about how many people <laughs> download the show. And when I saw on average it's around 40,000 people, I just freaked out. I was like, there's 40,000 people around the world listening to me yeah. in a month, each month. I can't believe that. It's just like a dream really. So, yeah, and we get to interview the most amazing people, like we've interviewed you, but (laughs) (laughs) um, I got to interview Rob Wolf the other day and the funny story was he was, it was hot over in the US and it was like in the morning, I was in my pyjamas, so we're all like laughing about that and he was in his underwear. (laughs) Oh, there's been some jealous girls out there. Yeah, I know, like how many people can say they interviewed Rob Wolf in their underwear. So, yeah. So, I'm just talking to such amazing people. We've got Mark Sisson coming on in the next few weeks and my co-host Cara, who you just interviewed recently, is amazing for her age. Like, you know, yeah. she's an amazing person regardless of her age. But I just thought if I knew what she knew at 22, wow, imagine the things you could do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, let's um, let's get into some nitty-gritty stuff now, Leah. I mean, there are so many people listening, so many families listening, I guess, in particular, who are like, how did you do it? You know, how did you get the family on board? How did you get the husband on board? How did you start to make changes? You know, there are obviously lots of people listening who are all at different stages of their paleo journey. But I guess, first of all, for those who are just starting out, you know, what do you say to the families in your Brisbane paleo group who are just starting out and wanting to, to start making some changes? Yeah, so the easiest thing to do is sit down and make a plan. That's what I'm a big planner and whether you're a visual person or you don't like writing things down, I suggest that even if you just put the bare minimums down on a piece of paper and start planning out how you're going to go about it, I think that really starts the week really well. So meal planning is a huge one that I always tell people to to start with. So um, the way that I do that is on a Friday night because I've got kids, I don't usually go out, I'll sit there and I'll write down a few recipes that I know the family always loves. So a common one in the household that everybody always loves is spaghetti bolognese. I'm pretty sure there's parents everywhere can agree to that one. Kids always love spaghetti bolognese. Um, so I will always put a couple of staples down like that. My kids love butter chicken as well. And, you know, what I'm, and if you haven't tried those foods with your children to start with, what I do, what I talk about is people, um, familiar is good with them. So if you've made spaghetti for them before, rather than giving them spaghetti and straight away, uh, with their usual kind of, um, spaghetti, you know, gluten spaghetti, I would, I transition my children. So I think transitioning is a really good thing. So I, um, 
transition them over to gluten-free pasta. They couldn't taste the difference. And then I'd sneak some extra veggies in there. And then I started taking away the gluten-free pasta. So I kind of did it in a staged Mm -hmm. process. Um, So yeah, so put down your staples, three or four during the week that you know are quick and easy that you know that you're going to always be able to make or you can make ahead and just pull out of the freezer. And that keeps everything familiar and good for everybody. And then a couple of the other meals, I would just make... um, a little bit different, something that you haven't tried before. And then on the weekend, I try something that has never been tried before and give that a, a go and see what their thoughts are because you've got a bit more time on the weekends usually. So you can, you're in a bit more relaxed state. I think eating in a really relaxed state when you're introducing new foods and new ways of eating with the family is also another great tip as well. So yeah, just starting out, do the best that you can do, take it easy, transition. You don't have to go all or nothing. I know a lot of people recommend going all or nothing, but I didn't, couldn't see that working for my family. And same with the lunch boxes with the kids. I didn't just start taking everything out. I mean, when, when I look back to what my, my son Sydney was eating, he was eating just pure sugar in his lunchbox. It was a packet of tiny teddies. It was one of those yogurts that was in a squeezy pack that was absolutely full of sugar. It was a piece of fruit and it was like a white bread Vegemite sandwich, which is pretty much what I grew up on myself. Yeah. And uh, so, and then he would be coming home and for afternoon tea to have another like packet of biscuits or something like that. And uh, our apple juice. And he was really addicted to apple juice all the time. He just wanted it constantly. And then he would be a little erratic with his behavior and I couldn't understand why. I just thought maybe he's just a overactive boy. But once I started making the connection between real food and how that made you felt, I started realizing that, you know, I really needed to make this change for him as well. And he... I took out, I just made some substitutes with him. So instead of giving him the tiny teddies, I made some paleo biscuits. And it was a little bit extra work for me in the beginning because I was kind of substituting these things. But it really started working well. And then I realized I didn't actually need any of those foods anymore. Like he didn't really need those biscuits anymore. So I actually don't bake anymore because they just don't eat them. They eat a really solid breakfast which is usually bacon and eggs which fills them through to they have like kind of you know their morning tea they'll have I give them some Greek yogurt I do give my children still a little bit of dairy not a lot and um, they like omelets in their lunchbox so instead of sandwiches I'll give them an omelet but some every now and then he'll ask for some kind of like bread and then in that I'll probably just give him a like a a mountain bread kind of wrap, you know, those ones, just something that only has minimal ingredients in it. And then at dinner time, they have whatever the family is eating, which is always a paleo style meal. So um, I just kind of am a little bit more relaxed at lunchtime, just so that he doesn't like to feel like he he doesn't fit in with everybody else there. But I have made a few tweaks so that it is way more healthier than what he was having there before. And we really noticed the difference in his moods. And we really noticed the difference in that our children don't snack a lot. They just kind of um, have their main meals and they don't seem to need, need a lot of food. Nice. I like that. I think there's some great tips there. I think the other thing that I often do with the kids when you're trying to introduce new stuff is not only sort of transition slowly, but I think give them a choice. You know, if you pick three meals perhaps that you'd be happy for them to have and and let them pick which one they want, that sort of sense of engagement that they get from that and that sense of ownership of it, I think really helps with the process too. 
Yes, definitely. And getting them in the kitchen to help. I never shoo my kids out of the kitchen. I know it's can be so frustrating and annoying and it slows you down when you're really busy and just trying to get food on the table. But I think they they need to be there and be part of that process. And if they if I'm cutting up a carrot and they want to take the end of the carrot and chew on it, then I'm quite happy for that. It's better than them filling up on, yeah. you know, rubbish instead of, you know, and they're going to eat that in the next meal ready for dinner anyway. So why not let them just kind of you know, get involved and be part of the kitchen. And yeah, like you say, they really then take it on and are really interested in it. Yeah, exactly. And even getting involved in the shopping, you know, I find if we're making, you know, we might be making gelatin gummies and, you know, letting them choose which fruits they want to have in it, you know, like things like that where they can get involved in the process. I think every little bit of that engagement really helps. Yeah, definitely. Another good tip I read was in an article and it was saying that how familiar foods are good. So when you're trying to introduce new things to them, try and mix uh, something that they like with something that they haven't tried before or might not like as much. So a good one for that is like most kids like sweet potato. Mashed sweet potato is pretty yummy. And then if you're trying to introduce maybe some cauliflower or something like that, you can make like a sweet potato and cauliflower mash and mash that together. And then you're kind of introducing that taste uh, of the cauliflower into to something that they already know and then it becomes mm. familiar. Yeah. yeah, nice. Hey, let's talk a little bit about the nutritional therapy practitioner training. Uh, tell us about that. How exactly does that work in terms of the, the testing that you do and how you indiv- individualize people's diets? Yeah, so it's an amazing program. It's pretty big in the US. On We've got our third year coming through here in Australia and I'm actually a group leader so I do a bit of mentoring with the students coming through which I just love and hopefully one day I'm I'm kind of in training so that I can be an instructor and teach everyone because I think that's kind of my passion in teaching. And yeah, it's the only course offered in Australia that offers ancestral health way of eating. So we talk a lot about the, you know, nutrient-dense a whole food kind of diet underpinning everything that we do. So getting clients basically onto this real food uh, way of living to start with is that can clear up a myriad of issues and even just getting them to drink water to begin with can, you know, clear up heaps of issues. So we start the clients off in that. But what we do have is a really powerful way of actually pinpointing which nutrients might be deficient in the body and where the dysfunction could be coming from. And we do that by palpating, which is like pressing down on certain points of the body systems and organs underneath pressing down and depending on the tenderness rating we can then if it's like got a very high you know it's hurting quite a bit i'll give a real food supplement and put that supplement in the mouth and then using the body's innate intelligence i'll repress back down on that point and if the pain dissipates then we know that nutrient's right for the body and then we try and get that nutrient into the diet so a lot of the times people have digestive issues and a lot of the time it's usually to do it can be to do with bile and how the bile is being processed through the body and so we know we'll test a real food supplement that contains something like beetroot in it and we know that beetroot is great for thinning the bile and if that comes up for the patient um, as a positive like they they they've tested it in their mouth and it's the pain's dissipated then I can give them either the supplement, depending on their dysfunction and how and how much dysfunction they have, or I can just say add some more beetroot into your diet. So it's a really, really powerful way of getting feedback from the body straight away. And it's not 
uh, woo woo or anything like that. It actually works, you know, it's got its basis in science. It's because we've just lost touch with our bodies these days. We don't call into our innate intelligence anymore. We, you know, have so much stresses in the body from the environment and from foods and from everything that we do that we've just lost touch with, you know, the, the normal function or homeostasis of how the body should work and that's what we're trying to do is restore that back so you can tap back into that innate intelligence and your body knows what it needs it's interesting you talk about that i mean do you think that innately if we were i guess better connected with our bodies that we might not need to even do the testing that our body might just know that it's short on beetroot and and innately look for that in its diet yeah i think that's so true i think like you know, you might even know yourself, you've been living this way for such a long time now, you might go to the fridge and you might go, oh, I really feel like some sauerkraut right right now, I need some of that. And you have sauerkraut for a couple of days and you're like, yeah, no, I'm done with that, I don't need that at the moment. Like your body's kind of letting you know which foods that it that it needs, yeah. And when, like food cravings, that gives you a big indication of the nutrients that your body is is lacking, unless you're craving junk food, of course. But if you, <laughs> but you know, you can. Body needs those things if you listen to it. Yeah. So, what are you commonly seeing, Leah? What What are the common uh, deficiencies that you're seeing in our modern diets? So I look at that as a whole, not just the individual. So what I'm seeing is that we have, like I've been mentioning, a lot of digestive issues, and a lot of the times people are kind of lacking in stomach acid and not producing enough stomach acid, uh, in and then that just. Uh, makes a whole cascade of problems from from there on in, which is basically you can't digest your food properly, so it kind of sits in the stomach and it, you know, rancidifies or putrefies or ferments, and so then then that just has this whole downstream effect, and then we're ending up, you know, not being able to go to the bathroom or quick having to go quickly. So just starting from there, and also seeing a lot of food sensitivities and food allergies, and because I do work with quite a few clients. I have a mix of clients, but I have a few that already understand paleo, obviously, and, you know, already on a real food diet, but they can't understand why they're not getting, still not having optimum health. So, they might have initially had that great burst of energy and health when they first went on the paleo diet, but then all of a sudden, you know, things have slowed down and they're not feeling the, the best. And I think that's because they haven't really addressed some of the underlying issues that might have been happening in the body prior and they're now coming to surface and a lot of those could be around food sensitivities or healing the leaky gut and those type of things. Yeah, so um, I'm interested in the, uh, I guess, the autoimmune stuff and, um, you know, do you test for that as well? I mean, do you, uh, as well as using the real food supplements to see what people might need, are you also able to test what is causing people damage? Like, can you can you put those foods into their mouth and then see how their organs respond to that as well? Um, so, we don't diagnose. So, a diagnosis would have oh, to come from a doctor that. or a medical practitioner, on, on but on we can go on through a series of... Stay questions and checks that might lead us to recommending they go to a doctor and having um, extra things done. There's also additional things we can do uh, like extra study with testing and at the moment I'm studying for the autoimmune paleo uh, practitioner certification. That's a bit of a tongue twister there. So I'm I'm training at the moment with Mickey Truscott and Angie Olt and Dr. Sarah Ballantyne uh, to go much deeper with my clients into their autoimmune 
issues. Um, so you can test for if whether certain people's supplements and things like that are working through muscle testing. So you can, or, and that's another addition that we can do with what we do. But for the scope of the standard nutritional therapy practitioner, we look at everything as as a whole and address the foundations first and the foundations are digestion blood sugar regulation mineral needs hydration those type of things yeah nice and you mentioned that stomach acid yeah in terms of the digestion stuff that stomach acid was a big one so what sort of stuff do you use or what do you use in terms of a real food supplement to test uh whether people you know how people's stomach acid is going and what do you recommend in terms of foods in order to improve that as well yeah, so we've got some points uh, in the on the body that we press down, and it tells us whether they um, might be lacking in the in the stomach acid, and it's kind of like up in the rib cage. You, you can most people can probably find it. It's like a hot spot on a lot of people, and then we'll give them something that might have some hydrochloric acid in it, which actually aids the um, stomach production. And then we rest retest back down on some of the points that we compress back down on and if that one's worked then that's great we'll use that one then there's an then if that one hasn't worked we've got another one to try that might have some enzymes in it to also help and we just um we just keep trying until we find the right one that the body uh is is it wanting and then and then i usually look at the food so you know i just a some simple ones which can be effective in some people is just a glass of water with some apple cider vinegar in the morning that's a great way to start the stomach um, d- the stomach acid producing again and but also it it's also not just food it's also getting the body into a, para- a parasympathetic state so the these days we're always uh, fight or flight mode always producing so much cortisol always rushing and that it really affects our digestion because digestion actually starts in the brain and so if we slow down before we eat, if we get into that rest and digest state and, you know, just take a few deep breaths and calm right down, that can also help that process, which can also help make the digestion start start working optimally again. Yeah, nice. All right, great. So, um, tell us a little bit, Leah, what's coming up next for you? Um, obviously, low-carb conversations. You said you've got Mark Susson coming on. What else have you got coming up on the show? Yeah, we've got him coming on. We've we've got um we've we're talking with Dr. Sarah Ballantyne trying to get her to come on. You know, we we've got uh, some we just had an amazing interview with Josh Sparks. I don't know if you know him. They yeah. um own the Thrive restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's coming out in the next couple of weeks. Wow, we had an amazing chat with him and yeah, so we've got some great stuff coming up. And we've, I'm helping with Low Carb Down Under. They've got a big event on in October on the Gold Coast. And so I'll be at that event. Nina Schultz is coming over from the US for that one. So I'm looking forward to meeting her. She, she wrote the, the fat book. So, mm. um, so that's going to be really great. And, yeah, I'm just finishing off my study for autoimmune paleo, paleo practitioner certification. And then I'll be able to see clients via Skype. Uh, from around Australia or if you're in Brisbane, I see clients through my nutritional therapy um, practice. And I'm also doing a Psych-K advanced training. So Psych-K is basically transforming your limiting beliefs and turning them into positive beliefs. And I just find the whole mind and body connection such a powerful, powerful thing. So, yeah, I'm really looking at uh, not only fixing, you know, helping to fix problems with 
food, but also helping with the mind as well. Nice. That sounds great, Leah. Lots of good stuff to look forward to. People are going to want to find out more about you. So, um, obviously, they can join your Brisbane Paleo group um, and find that on the, on the website as well, brisbanepaleo.com.au. Um, they can find out more about your coaching at nourishingconversations.com um, and also on Instagram and Facebook at Nourishing Conversations. Um, and if they want to find the podcast show, Low Carb Conversations, they can go to the website there, lowcarbconversations.com as well. Um, so lots of lots of ways people can find you and get in touch with you. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Leah. Sorry it took so long to get you on. We should have got you on eight, but we got there eventually. Saving the best for last. Hopefully not, hopefully not last. You're not, not last, ending no. the show on me, Leah. <laughs> no, <All right>. no. <laughs> so, uh, but thank you for coming on board. And, and for everyone else, until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.